When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think the most important thing, though, that we can offer to people who are considering joining a call is that the exchanges that happen in the tribe are organic. Mm-hmm. And people are forming true friendships. There's a lot of respect for the people who join the call, who are walking us through their stories, who are being vulnerable enough to trust the group. And I think people are starving for that level of connectivity and that level of vulnerability Um, with other professionals, with like-minded folks, with other adults who are there really just to help. I don't know of many other opportunities to have such an exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're doing is really making an impact on the people who decide to join. So if we can get a person to just listen once and connect with the story and the folks who are on the call, I think we will continue to have the numbers grow even above where they are today. all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? All right. Great. Thank you for such a great introduction. Um, I think it's going to be a a great benefit because it encapsulates what Dreamcatchers is all about. And, you know, one of the things when Jerome and I was talking earlier in the week, we're thinking about what this pod- podcast episode is going to be. And one of the thoughts that we had is to really talk about the origin of Dreamcatcher. We talk about it. I talk about that I'm part of the Dreamcatcher network and people are hearing Dreamcatchers, Dreamcatchers. Dream but I really wanted to provide an opportunity for 
some of the original thought leaders to provide some insight into what Dreamcatchers really is all about. And I think we start that with Jerome. Tell us a little bit about Dreamcatchers and what's it all about, man? So this is a tough question. If I go back to the early years out of college, I realized that my life was a whole lot different from people who came on the same path. I was fortunate enough to not have student debt. That in and of itself changed my financial. I was at zero starting. It. And so I was able to start investing. I bought a house right out of the gate. I didn't have a car payment. My motorcycle was paid for. So I was at zero and actually had some assets when I got started. And that allowed me to be more aggressive in my approach. Not only that, it just seemed like my career was progressing. Okay, so with my career, I was able to be identified as a high potential. I had mentors who were kind of pulling me along. I was fortunate enough to be mentored by a division president at the company that I was working for. And that got me in professional development, one-on-one -on -one coaching with his personal coach and exposure to those techniques and tools and understanding the decisions that they were facing on the day-to-day, -day, providing on-the-ground intelligence, and then kind of walking through the path that they were on. I was able to... I think, develop more rapidly than what I saw a lot of my peers. When I combine that with my natural thirst for achievement and accomplishment and me doing stuff in addition to what I was being asked to do at work, I realized that there was something special. And then Duran and I started chatting on basically a daily and he was on a similar pursuit. And we started in college trading material. We might read an article and it's like, hey, man, you want to check this out? We might get a book, see a video, whatever it was. And we were just kind of passing that back and forth. Fast forward 10 years or so, and that was happening more frequently. And I think the quality of the content had grown. We, we found some really sharp thought leaders. And with those thought leaders, we were able to take those tools and tactics and apply them. That, I think, is really the foundation of what Dreamcatchers is it's helping people on their path to self-actualization. Right. One of the questions that I have for you is really what was the motivation behind really wanting to help other people? I get that you ex your experiences and how uh, you and Duran were trading information and you guys were mutually as friends, building each other up, uh, helping to hold each other accountable and helping to expand each other's body of knowledge. But what motivated you to think beyond your small world to the bigger world around you? I think I've always wanted other people to come along with. I searched for years and years for partners. Partnership is kind of my thing. I, I don't enjoy doing things alone. I was an only child. So it was me and my mom when I was young, probably up until eight or so. And then it went to friends. And with those friends, it was, all, I, I played a lot of sports as a kid. And so it was, we're always working towards it. And I think there's a lot of power or value in having like-minded people around you working towards a similar goal. And that for me is kind of, it embodies who I want to help all those around me get to where they're trying to go because that's more interesting. And I think I remember a number of different times when I was a kid where somebody got what they wanted they were able to accomplish their goal. And I was able to celebrate that as if it was for me. Like somebody might've got a new toy and it was like, oh man, that is so cool. 
And now we're playing with your toy. Even if it didn't go to my house at the end of the day, the fact that somebody else had it and it was for our use, like when they got a basketball goal, oh man, I, I never had a basketball goal in my house, but they had one in front of me. You got a basketball goal. This is an amazing thing. Like go get the ball. Do I need to go get a ball so we can play? Like that for me was everything. And so in life, if somebody gets what they want, for me, that's satisfaction. I celebrate their successes if it's my own, even if no dollar goes in my bank account or I don't get to drive the car, whatever it is. I like seeing people get what they want. I think that is awesome. And for people that don't know you that well, they could probably, if they're able to look at the video, see the big smile that you have on your face and they would say, I didn't know Jerome smiled because you seem to be very happy and it's genuine as you're talking about your desire to really help enable other people to achieve their goal. And I think that is awesome. Duran, uh, what's your take on Dreamcatchers and its origin? And uh, where did you fit in in all of this as this was developing? So uh, like Jerome said, we, we started back in college trading. It. Then as, as we grew, and uh, actually when YouTube became uh, very popular, we traded. The first video we traded was, and then it lead to another story down the road. But just you saying that maybe just sparked off a thought. But we just, we just started trading videos and information, and we would talk about those videos and how that would apply to our actual. And uh, that led, led me opening up to Jerome about some things about happiness. And he was able to provide some information to me that I wasn't really getting from anywhere else. And that led us down the path of him actually helping me on my path of searching for happiness. So he, he served as, uh, without knowing it, he's probably served as like a coach, you know, to, uh, and a mentor as far as going down the happiness path. And then that led into the financial, you can probably hear other podcasts. So it just, it just started as a mutual friendship. We had, we had a lot of the same goals in mind when we were in college and just discussing those going back and forth and kind of pushing each other and pushing each other to keep striving. And I did notice that Jerome was uh, excelling a lot faster than a lot of people around me. And uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to soak up some of his knowledge. So it was, I was blessed to have friends like that. You wanted to catch the rising star? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do not blame you. I think that is great. Relisha, tell us a little bit about your role in the evolution and development of Dreamcatchers. So I came along a little later. You guys had already began the calls when I joined, but Jerome tapped me to kind of help facilitate some of the conversation that would allow him to, of course, take notes as um, people were unfolding their stories through the call. Um, and that was important to him um, to be able to shoot back out some of the points that he was able to, to pick up and just kind of capture the story from a different perspective to be able to actually hear what the guest was sharing with the audience. And so that became um, kind of my role is to kind of just help facilitate the conversation to allow him to take better notes and, and to be able to package the information a little better to get it back to the audience and just kind of get some good feedback, some notes, some um, tips that the people who are on the call, the members of the tribe can use in their day to day. I know for me, my involvement was as a friend, it just uh, looking at Jerome and looking at some of the different things that he was getting into and doing. He had a mentorship program for young at-risk youth here in the Richmond, Virginia area. And for me, that's kind of what where I am, is that I want to help people be their best version of themselves. And so really having the ability to unlock within them what it is they want and then being able to provide those steps to get there. And I think the power of 
dream catchers is that we don't talk at you. We talk with you and work with you and can go step by step to help encourage you to do the things that you want to do or the things that you know. to do. And there are a lot of, you know, programs or people where they'll talk at you and they'll keep throwing platitudes at you. They'll keep saying that you need to do this, but they don't provide any real insight into why you may need it. Based on your personality type, here are some issues that you may be facing. And so I think being able to uh, look at the entire person and where they are and provide some feedback and insight as to this is where you are, this is who you are, and this is where you want to be, and, and we can help get you. And so I think it's, it's awesome. I've had the pleasure of uh, doing, I think, three uh, tribe calls. So Jerome, what is, so you told us the motivation behind why you started Dreamcast. What's the vision for Dreamcast? So in, or what was the original vision? Or if you don't want to talk about the original vision, you know, based on where we are right now, where would, where do you envision the Dreamcatcher network building out to? So I, I still think we're on the path of the original, which is to grow a community that allows people to move into things that they're most passionate. What I would like to see, but we haven't grown to that point yet, is thought leaders for the six different focus areas that we have with you are there and significant because your whole thing is about significance, whether it's altruistic investment, whether it's inspiring somebody to become their best self, then a stable resource in that Duran has been waving the flag for the prosperity from my state. His podcast really resonates with the mass. He was willing to take extraordinary effort in order to accomplish his goal of getting out of debt. Duran transitioned extraordinary effort he was putting into getting out of debt and put it into building wealth. So he worked a second job, he cut expenses, he got promotion, he got raises, he kept working a second job. And then everything that he was doing at debt, he put in the savings and then deployed it into investing in various real estate. And all that while he's not a $100,000 earner. And I don't know anybody else that can say something similar in the space. And so he's a beaming example of if you want to do this, you can. You just have to be willing to pay the price for it. And so what I'm really looking for is to build out that network of people who are willing to make those extraordinary sacrifices. And we accompany them along the way on that journey because there is no question that it's possible. And I think in general, we believe that all things are possible and we believe that dreams should be real. I dreamed of being a trash man when I was a kid. Today, I was on a construction site. I was picking up trash and putting it on my truck, <laughs> right? I, I don't own a trash company. I don't hang off the back of a trash truck, but I do get to accomplish that task. And for me, it was more about the freedom than the actual job in and of itself. My dad worked really, really long days. He worked 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day. And there was, he was a soldier. There was no... When I think about the amount of compensation in exchange for the time, there was the benefit wasn't worth it. And then when I piled on, he jumped out of airplanes for 20 years and he has severe arthritis now. He had to have a hip replacement surgery last April. These things he did just so like I could have an extra pair of tennis shoes, right? The extra $200 a month 
So him jumping out of the airplane for extra $200 a month translated into some tennis shoes or some clothes or some cleats for a sport for me. But when you talk about 70 hour work weeks and then having to do something else for $200, those things just don't make sense. And so I've been really focused on figuring out how to decouple the dollars that you earn from the amount of time you spend earning. And I know that there is a big sacrifice, of, but on the backside of that, if you can create a subscription model where money comes to you on a monthly basis, you, you buy, you basically buy your time back. Yeah. So we're creating a vehicle. We're building the money tree as I'll call it so that the folks who are able to create prospect are able to participate in that model with us. And maybe that will allow them to get their freedom from potential work that they weren't happy about. Yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say on this point is I gave up what I was truly passionate about, which was coaching high school football for a $10,000 raise, $15,000 raise. Now it was north of a hundred thousand dollars. So how do you turn that kind of money down when you're not even 30, but by the same token, I wasn't doing the work that I was most passionate. Mm -hmm. I was doing what I was best compensated for. And I had to sacrifice what I thought was making a big impact. And so I've been seeking that impact since I, I left that. I've, that's where I felt most significant. That's where I felt like life was good. And I was helping people along on their journey to whatever they may be. And so dream catchers for me is the opportunity to get back to that. The, help people who know what they want to do, who might know why they want to do it, mm -hmm. but are really having a hard time with the how. We're really good at how. We're really good at execution. We're really good at strategy and forcing people to be accountable. Yeah. Past that, I want to do that. We know how to get people past the, hey, I want to do that. That's true. That is absolutely true. I think, you know, for myself, um, growing up in Philadelphia, my dad worked uh, two jobs. He was a, a auto body welder. So he welded this, the panels on 18 wheel trucks and he had his own auto body shop that we all worked at growing up. And he never finished high school, but he, you know, really instilled in me a really high work ethic. But again, the long hours had led me to make different choices in life. And I'm not going to go into all of those choices, but for me, I've centered my life and I do and kind of how I approach promotions and all around making sure that I'm able to spend time with my family. I loved my dad. He did the best he could with what he had, but what I wanted was a life where I could provide for my family, but also spend time. And I've been blessed to be able to achieve that. And so having achieved that and still living uh, that dream in this, that then allows me now to help other people pursue their dream. And it helps me also to think of other dreams, financial dreams, whether it's real estate investing, whether it's uh, just continuing to live wisely, you know, whatever those dreams are, now I have the freedom to do that. Yes, I still have a job. I'm still doing, you know, my W-2. I'm, I'm still working, still investing. But I think I have in my own mind, a really, really awesome life that I'm really happy with. And I want other people to, to be able to share in that same level of happiness for them. So whatever it takes for them to reach that level of happiness. What were the other, we talked about prosperity, we talked about significant. What are the other uh, focus areas within Dreamcatcher so that folks can get a rundown of what we're talking about? The areas of focus are prosperity, health, 
relationship, career, significance, and self-image. Ray, would you mind telling us how those have manifested over the past podcast episodes? We have talked with guests from various backgrounds who have shared many stories with us. We have focused on areas of some of those necessary tools that we think are applicable to all of us. We have talked about entrepreneurship. Just, I I can't even... Um, recall the <laughs> the number of replies that we've gotten from some of the some of the sessions of the podcast or the calls people who are needing extra information or more help in any one of those areas it's the response has been pretty great um, we wanted to keep the focus on things that we felt like were meaningful to people and that were applicable to most people so that even if you taking from a call if you're not a bodybuilder as um, Melanie has come up and talked about um, her experiences a few times. Um, you were still able to get something from her story, um, even if you were not a financial planner or kind of having financial challenges per se. You were still able to get something from, you know, Deron's call or even Deshawn's call. Some uh, useful tips about, you know, how you can apply some of the tools that they've shared to kind of maximize what you're doing with your own financials. And then again, the real estate call. I think that was probably one of our most popular phone calls as far as the questions during the call and even after. So coaching, of course, is is also one of those pillars that we, this, that's really what the call is all about, you know, to coach people who are in the tribe and help them along their journey. What was it in late last year, uh, there was the inaugural mountaintop powwow. Deron, anyone, can you just talk a little bit about that experience and what were some of your takeaways uh, from that gathering of Dreamcatcher tribe members? I will chime in on that one. It was it was a beautiful experience for me. I'm one that's always looking to gather information about myself, information of others, and apply it to my life. And to have a bunch of like-minded people sit around and talk to each other and actually work through problems, talk through issues, be vulnerable with each other, talk about personal problems with people that might not be with you on an everyday schedule, and they can look at your problems from the outside in and be like, you know what, you might want to try this. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Or you might want to look at it this way. Like James, your example of what I had going on or what I have going on mm-hmm. is still reverberating with me till this day. And I, I just figured this out and I'll share this on the call. The reason that I deal with conflict the way I deal with conflict mm-hmm. is because I don't like conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason, uh, the reason I run to it like that is because, because, I, don't don't like wanna, it. because I don't like it. I want to I get it over you as fast over. as possible. Yeah, I want to get it out of the way as fast as possible. I just, I just realized that maybe about four days ago. And the powwow was in December. So that, that tells you the power of this, the actual powwow and how it, how it connects the dots in our lives on topics that we, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to share that, but on topics that we knew or topics that we just decided to talk about, allowed us, allowed us to talk about things. And uh, like I said, it was something I will never forget, something that I look forward to attending again. And like I said, I will bring up just, just that moment, James, our conversation <laughs> might've been 30 minutes, but like I said, it's still reverberating <laughs> till this day. Yeah. Cause um, it was an amazing experience for me to come and just sit and talk and share a little bit about my story. But, it, it, you know, I'm going to reiterate for anyone that's interested in being talked to and for people to actually walk alongside you and to help you work through these issues, help you be able to identify 
you know, what, what is it? What is your why? What are your dreams? What do you really want? And start laying down the steps as to how you can achieve it. I would really encourage you to not only join the tribe calls, but to consider coming to the next powwow. Because, I mean, it was an awesome experience. You had people who were just sitting down, we were talking, we were engaged, and it was a place where you could be vulnerable, where you could be honest, and you there were no ulterior motive. Everyone there was there because they were interested in not only being helped, but also to help other people. When is the next powwow scheduled for? Right now, it's May 18th. May 18th. And when are we going to start engaging our community to talk about it? Because I really think that uh, there's a lot that we can do uh, to get people excited about the experience that we have. Got to work out the details. So right now, we're just on a save the date. Okay. I need to work to just having that's something. Do you are you going to do the same facility that we used before, or you want to do something different? I like that facility. It forced people to disconnect, and I think that was one of the things that I heard over and over again. That was one of okay. the most impactful. Okay. If you when you get there, you're not reaching the outside world, and that's no, you're not. Because we want you to engage with the folks that are in the room. Okay. There's something special about detaching and. And I think we, we need to pull the women who are involved together because this is a pretty big effort, right? And there are several ways that I think um, we can add value and support. Not everyone is going to be interested or, or maybe have as much time as the next partner um, to participate, mm-hmm. but figuring out how we support our partners who are involved and invested in the tribe and then, you know, how we may be able to support each other, I think. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking even beyond that, you know, we, we all of the the gentlemen that are involved in the tribe, you know, they say behind every uh, good man is a great woman. I think, I don't know if she's in front or behind, but uh, she, she's leading the way. But really, there are other women who are out there mm-hmm. catching their dreams mm-hmm. and they're taking the lead and they're, do, and they're doing it. And there are other women that see that example and they want to catch those dreams as well. They're inspired by that. And so I think we also need to, uh, in the near future, be able to tap into that to be able to highlight and spotlight some of those. Efforts. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Great point, James. What else do you see in the future of dream catchers? How has it impacted you? In terms of the impact for me, it has provided an avenue to be able to pour into the lives of other people and also for people to pour into my life in a way in which uh, different, because it's not based on work, when it's not based on church, it's not based on religious beliefs, it's just based on wanting to help people where they are. So as Ryan talked about earlier, if I have an issue with finances or wealth building, there are people within the network that I can tap into to, to talk to about those things. If there are relationship issues, we can have a frank conversation and I can say, here are the, the issues that I've been facing and people are there to kind of help move me forward from. And so it's not just about me being able to, again, connect with other people and give information, but it's also about giving information. Having that outlet for me is absolutely needed and wonderful and kind of I'm all in as we move forward with this and where do I see us going? Man, I mean, the, the sky's the limit in a sense. Um, I see that, 
you know, all of these different thought leaders in those six areas that Jerome talked about, you know, I could foresee some online, you know, group coaching sessions that are moving forward where you have tribe members that are interested in certain topics where they're able to do Zoom calls or do some type of video call and have the type of, you know, interaction to work through some issues. You know, I see thousands of these things happening in a year. Um, I see Dreamcatcher conferences happening where we're able to kind of highlight and talk about these issues, uh, where there are workshops that are going on, where we're looking at uh, the whole person. And so uh, I think there's a lot of different things that we can do in a lot of places that we're going to go. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. As far as impact on myself, I've, I've enough people have heard my story, or if you haven't, you should go listen. But the impact that the tribe has had on me has been tremendous. But the impact that I would like the tribe to have on the world is probably even greater. I would love for us to, as many people as we possibly can, starting out with our smaller inner circles. I love to help the people closest first. That makes the most sense to me, just because they can see inside of our lives an impact that is that the tribe is having on, then they can reach out. And then they can reach out. And then the it essentially just spreads like wildfire at that, where people will learn about us and how we've helped each other grow in many different areas of financial, spiritual, marital, health, wealth, all, all, all across the board. So I believe the impact could be great. If we start small, we spread wide. In the next few years, I definitely see us a lot in workshops. I, as you can tell the way I spoke earlier, I love the powwow. So I'll definitely be a champion of uh, us having many more powwows. And let's not forget the macaroni and cheese was excellent. I don't know where you got it from. The food was great. But yeah, definitely having more powwows in more intimate settings. I feel like the intimate settings. Are, so powwows, workshops, we probably, I think we probably would. And Jerome, I can see you, you know, uh, jumping out of an airplane in a parachute coming down in the stadium. <laughs> all flash and dash you know Duran, I, I really like what you you brought out because if we think about the church model, and it's always interesting for me to see churches go to a foreign country to do work when we have homeless we have people who need homes built here we have all of these challenges right here in our neighborhood regardless of what city we live in and so i love your model i, I love your view the thing that I've struggled most with over the past, finding the people who are actually seeking better. I think there are a lot of people who are comfortable with the life that they've created and they don't want more. And so how do we reach those? How do we get our friends share with their friends? It's hard enough to get our friends to even pay attention to what we're doing. How do we get them to not only pay attention, but also go in? And I'm not expecting you to have an answer to that question. I honestly think we. I'm constantly trying to drag some of my friends along, and it's a never-ending effort. And I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But I'm noticing now that the further I go, and as they see the group, they come along as, as, as they want. So they, they kind of grab the rope once like, you know what? He's been he's been at this for years and he's actually I have friends that have listened went back and listened to the podcast now and they're like I, I had no idea they're even <laughs> close very close friends and they're like I had no idea so and now now they're they're starting to grab the role they're starting to so I I think we keep towing the line we keep going and then the more growth that they see within us it's almost like being a light the more light they see within us the I agree with you Deron I think from a I guess, passionate perspective, right? You guys are 
you know, kind of making that plea, but I think people have to be ready for what you're offering. What the offer is important, but until it's important to them, it's it's not important for whatever they've got going on in their lives. And also, you know, we we often have to prove ourselves, right? And, and the proof is in the pudding. So to your point of, you know, people watching you and kind of seeing some of your behavior and what you're able to do now, I think that adds validity to, you know, kind of what you've shared and that would probably drive them to then say, okay, well, let me, you know, take a look. I think we all have those spaces in our lives that we may not be open to. It There may be some resistance at first until we just decide one day to do something different. So, you know, part of that, you could, I think you can offer the information and the value of it, but until the person is kind of ready to jump in, that's the best you can do. The other ad that I would say is everyone is not meant to go everywhere with you. And sometimes you really have to just kind of change the circle because, you know, you will continue to elevate and there are going to be some people who will never get it. And I just kind of believe that people come into our lives, you know, this, the whole season and reason sometimes, you know, they're just there for the season and they're just there for a particular reason. And some people will last for a lifetime, but you know, you, we, we have to accept the purpose that they have for our lives. That's interesting, Ray, because I, I think I would agree with you if that is mutual, but I also think that, and, I, and this is not a you, but I think that people use that because they don't want to do the work to continue to engage with those people that were in their circle. And they just say, I need to, I need to be around people that think differently. And they're not, uh, they're not really looking to see how to really engage that individual and what they need. And it may be that they're not, you know, they're people, they're friends that I have that you're right. They're not going to go everywhere with me. I have friends with great investing in multifamily, you know, apartments, they're not going to do it but I'm not going to leave them and not interact with them and change my whole circle because they don't want to do it. So I think sometimes we use that as a way to kind of say, we can get rid of these friends or move these people over here because I'm going to do this and I'm just going to focus. I think, I don't think every friend can be everything to you. I don't yes. think any, everybody can be. So you have this group of friends that may be good for the Bible study, <laughs> this group of friends that may be good for the party, this group of friends are only good for the cookout, this group of friends, you know, are kind of like your thought partner. You need some research or you need some good thought partners to walk you through a process. You're not going to call the buddies who are good at the cookout. <laughs> That's just not where they are. Right. And so in that, when I say, you know, your circle changes, I think your circle changes depending on the need that you're trying to fulfill at the time, not that you you know, just completely forget about those people because I think they're all necessary, but and they add value in some way to your life. It's just depending on what's in front of you and what you're dealing with at time. And, okay. I, and you know, sometimes you can't take the people who are good for the party or the cookout to the business meeting because that's just not where they are. Right. No, I, I agree there, with you. Whole. You know, as you continue to offer what's going on, they may get there. So. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But when uh, most people, when they say that, it's like they're dropping a hot potato. And they don't want to be involved with the individual anymore. And I think that's just it. That's an easy way out that people use. But you're not saying that. I agree with what you're saying 100%. No, I think um, to, to Deron's point earlier, there's that to me um, seems like an opportunity to mentor. Um, but if the person is open to it, and um, times 
age is a factor, environment is a factor. We don't arrive at the same point at the same time in life. And the person, most of us are dealing with whatever we feel like is most important to us at the time. And so I think it's important to continue to offer opportunities for coaching, the powwow experience, and even kind of like mini workshops Mm -hmm. may be helpful in between time to introduce to other folks kind of what goes on. But they have to find, they have to figure out what the value add is for them in order to continue to participate. Yeah, they have to be able to answer their own individual why. Why is it important for them? Why do they want to grow? And it. I was at a, the Global Leadership Conference last year, and one of the key things that I took back is that we really don't want to motivate people. You want to inspire them because when you inspire them, it's coming from inside of them as to what they want to do. You know, we try to motivate folks and motivate folks and come on, you know, let's do it. But when you have the ability to inspire, if somebody catches it, they ha- they see the light, then your, your work is just about done because they'll run towards the light. They will do what needs to happen because they're inspired because they see it in their best interest not just because you're telling them. Because motivation is intrinsic. That's an intrinsic job. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, nobody is going to be there beside you every step of the way saying, okay, don't spend that money because you're safe. Okay, you want to lose weight, don't eat that cake, you know. Put, put that piece, of, put that cookie down, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, so it has to be a, an internal job. You know, it has to be an internal job. Mm-hmm. I think it does, for it to last, it has to be in terms, absolutely. I think the most important thing, though, that we can offer to people who are considering joining a call is that the exchanges that happen in the tribe are organic. Mm -hmm. And people are forming true friendships. There's a lot of respect for the people who join the call, who are walking us through their stories, who are being vulnerable enough to trust the group. And I think people are starving for that level of connectivity and that level of vulnerability Um, with other professionals, with like-minded folks, with other adults who are there really just to help. I don't know of many other opportunities to have such an exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're doing is really making an impact on the people who decide to join. So if we can get a person to just listen once and connect with the story and the folks who are on the call, I think we will continue to have the numbers grow even above where they are today at the 800 plus so listeners that we've had. And who knew for as long as it's been going on, who knew that it would... (laughs) would grow exponentially in such a short amount of time. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And we don't even have faces to put with the listeners. We don't know who these people are, but they are thinking enough to, to listen and to share it with other people that they know. This is exactly why I don't really get to talk on the podcast. I threw you guys off the path of talking about powwows for women. So let's go back to that. You know, perhaps the first one needs to be um, separate, um, you know, during a separate time to kind of allow the women to kind of focus on what we're doing and, you know, what the, how we're approaching catching those dreams. I think that's a really great idea. Okay. I'd like to hear 
how Ray's kind of sitting on the outskirt and then finally joining her first call and why she joined her first call and then why she decided to engage in the trial because this is the first. The first in what way? I think you're the first person to really dive in and say, what do you want me to do? How can I help instead of watching? Of course, I came to know about the tribe calls. I would get the notifications that Jerome would send out like everyone else. And I got one one day, and, and he was pretty persistent about sending them regularly. I was just pretty much doing nothing, which probably watching TV. I got one, and I thought, okay, well, I'm actually, you know, home this during this time. I'm and I'm not working. And he, this stuff keeps going on because he keeps sending these email notifications. So let me check this out and see kind of what this is about. And so I did. I, I listened to the call. And while the call was going on, I was sending text messages like, wow, you know, <laughs> this is, this is kind of cool. And I think I was kind of asking for points of clarification. And when that call ended, I think we had a conversation. And so I started to go back and listen to some of the other calls. And I think one of the, the call that I think really did it for me was the call that Clark did. I really, really enjoyed how he walked us through his story, how he would give you the background, kind of what was going on, get you so far, summarize it, tell you what he learned. And then he would go to the next part, you know, and so it, it, it was like following that call was like I'm following act after act. And I felt like I was there kind of experiencing, you know, all that he was unpacking with him. And, you know, that was just awesome. And so having a further conversation with Jerome and understanding that, you know, he's trying to keep the conversation going, but write notes while he's doing that, and kind of all that he was juggling on the other side of that phone, I did ask, you know, well, how can I help you? I think my offer for help comes from probably a familial thing. Like my family, we're just, when someone has a project and, you know, we all will pitch in to, to help. And I, and I saw what he was doing. I felt like it was making an impact and, you know, I wanted to kind of, you know, help along that journey. And so... So, so Ray, don't, don't blame it on your family. You, you 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 helped because you wanted to help. You saw value and you wanted to help. You, you don't have to make excuses for <laughs> wanting to step in and help. Well, I did want to help. And although I'm not um, a public speaker, I really prefer to be in the background. This was what he needed help with the most. And so try to fill in the gap to kind of help facilitate you know, conversation and hopefully ask some in insightful questions that maybe the tribe members want to hear and the guests maybe, you know, hadn't considered themselves, you know, as to why they are doing what they're doing or what the impetus was. Do they remember the moment when things changed, you know, in their mind and their behavior that led them to the path? Do they remember, you know, when they were at that crossroads and what led them there? Uh, I think that kind of information is important because at some time through our journey, any of us on the call may have either been in that place, are in that place now, or will get there. And so I think it's important to see what it looks like so that, you know, again, we're supposed to be learning from each other. So we want to be able to apply the knowledge that we're learning from the members of the call to our life's journey. I think that is awesome. I think that is absolutely awesome. I, I remember when uh, we were doing some of the initial tribe calls and Jerome and I was talking and, you know, I would say, have you ever considered doing a podcast? And he's like, oh, I don't know if we're going to do a podcast. I think we're going to 
keep the calls the way that they are. But it's really cool to see how the content and the interaction has continued to evolve and how, you know, beginning to edit some of those calls in the way in which they can be presented as a podcast. But it do, it still leaves it as the conversation. One of the interesting things, you know, the podcasts are more interview-based. I mean, we do, we're trying to do some of the calls uh, more interview-based since, you know, some question and answer and have it be a little bit more interactive. But there's also power in just allowing someone to walk through and tell their story. I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about Dreamcatchers in those calls is that people are able to just walk through and tell their story. It's not prepackaged. It's not premeditated. People are talking. And when you allow for that kind of talk, you may get some dead spots, but you also walk into conversations that you would never have into before. So I think it, it's an awesome format. I think it's an, an evolving format. And I think regardless of what we do, we're going to continue to add value to people and continue to, to have a positive impact on their lives, on their journey. I think the calls themselves are also therapeutic. Um, yes. We have stories um, such as Greg's talking about grief. Mm-hmm. And even mine, you know, the, as many times as a person can tell their truth, I think it helps them more so to, to talk it out and have people who are engaged and concerned and listening and, you know, just to provide the shoulder. We call this a tribe and, you know, that is such an effective word for I think how we behave. Recently, one of the tribe members graduated from a program and attending her graduation to just offer that level of support. And, you know, she was so happy and saying, you know, thanks, you know, love you to pieces. Um, I can't believe you came. I'm really glad that you did. I had to get up at some crazy hour, take a train that was late. I mean, we're in a car. It was crazy just to get there to see it. But, you know, my response to her is the whole thought of it takes a village really isn't just for children. You know, if we are behaving the way that I think our founders of Dreamcatchers envisioned, then we absolutely, you know, show up to support each other because this is a life walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you all talked about the the origin of your friendship and, um, you know, having met in college and, you know, how um, Jerome had impacted, you know, all of us. Um, to bring us into this idea that he has and look how far we are down the road now. So, you know, I think as tribe members, you know, we continue to stay connected and involved and support each other, you know, even outside of what we may discuss on on the calls, but in each of our personal lives to to help celebrate those big wins. Mm -hmm. Deron? I was just going to chime in and piggyback on that to say how many aspects or many points in my life that the tribe has actually affected. Searching for happiness to financial well-being to now wealth building. And it didn't go back to the powwow. That that was uh, essentially marital and life uh, well-being. So it's it's so many aspects that I can lean on the tribe for to help me out to to progress in my life and to ease my life in certain spots, I should say. So it's more than just like focusing on one single area. It's more of an encompassing, encouraging and helping out your entire life. And that um, in and of itself is the tough bit. We're interested in the whole person. Yeah. And not just this niche where, hey, you want to invest in real estate? Come on, we can show you how to invest in real estate. That 
leaves a person feeling incomplete and they have to go over here to get this. And I know we can't be everything to everybody, but I think we do have the reskill and network to yeah. put a person in position to be successful. And even if we don't have it internally, we know there's enough there. And James, it's interesting that you push so much credit away because your desire for community mm-hmm. is the basis as people start working as they have family we tend to lose those outside home relationships unless Absolutely. it's church or really it's really those only two unless people are in fraternities already so you, you lose those connections with like-minded people and your network starts to strength from a development place for the things that you're most interested in mm-hmm. if you're not working in that for your career and i would gather to say that most people are not most people are not working in a career where the things that they do on a day-to-day basis provide them that kind of internal energy and joy that kind of feeds on itself. I, I don't think that there are a lot of people that are in that position. And so, you know, the, the best time to make friends is kind of when you're in college or where you're in a group where you all are there for the same thing. You know, you have a lot of things in common. You're able to achieve things. You're helping people. I mean, it's no different than if you had a, a, a math problem or something and you're working with somebody and they're able to help you understand a little bit better because you guys are going through the same thing. And then you're right. As we get older, we get married, we have families or we have different responsibilities, our circle begins to get smaller and smaller. And we begin to focus more on th- those issues that we have and building out that network gets neglected because you don't, you really don't. And it happens in a way in which you're not even conscious sometimes of it happening. You don't think, you don't say, I want to squeeze other people out of my life. What happens is that you say, I need to work on this, or I need to make sure I'm doing this for my family or for what I'm working on right now. And when that network is neglected, those ties begin to fall off and you can look around and find yourself by yourself. And that's not always a good place to be. It's not always good. So I'm absolutely about community. I'm absolutely about not talking down on people, but trying to connect with people to build them up, which is why I'll reiterate again, not talking at people, but talking to people, seeing people for who they really are and trying to connect with them to help them move forward in whatever direction that they want to move forward. But for me, relationships make the world. That's just... That's just how I'm wired. That's who I am. Everyone's not wired that way. But that doesn't mean that I can't have meaningful relationships or help people to have to see meaning in relationships and value relationships, regardless of what your personality type is. Guys, I think this was a great session. I really appreciate all your participation. Ray, would you mind wrapping the call for us? If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamshouldbereal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it. Get it how you live, and that's just what I did. You know I hustle all day and all night, boy. You know I hustle all day and all night, boy.